0: This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN, and you're listening to One Night Stand.
1: One night This is One Night Stand. Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand. What up, Night Nation? It's Week Six and three and two. UCF is back in Kansas to take on the Jayhawks this time. On today's show, we are going to try and do our best to recap the Baylor game. Um, I know we all have lots of strong opinions from this. So we're going to try and sort through it all and uh, keep our sanity. So we'll talk about that. Preview the Kansas game a little bit. And as always, our favorite segment, Money Moo's Picks, Moo's Mailbag. And speaking of, I'm here with... Money
0: Moo UCF welcomed the Bears of Baylor into the bounce house for their first ever Big 12 home game. DJ Paulie D opened things up with an electrifying set, and before you could say it was T-shirt time. Johnny Richardson took it to the house for 79 yards on the first play of the game for the first watch, first score. Congratulations to Miko Frico, nice Twitter handle, for guessing the closest. (laughs) The Knights looked impressive for most of the game, grabbing a commanding 35-7 lead, but a series of unfortunate events followed by a disastrous outcome had the Knights in the loss column for the second straight week. Baylor 36, Knights 35.
1: I still don't know what happened. I I went back and rewatched the game of obviously, you know, there's all the commotion on Twitter. Everyone's blaming everyone. Um, you know, it was it was 35-7 um, after we scored that touchdown. We let Baylor score a field goal and make it 35-10 with three minutes left in the third quarter. Um, I was watching this game in my bed at this point, and I, I took like a five-minute snooze, woke up, and Baylor had scored. But I was like, all right, you know, not enough time left. I mean, is 25 points. That's a four-score lead. I was like, you know, there's no way. And then slowly but surely they score again, and then we have the fumble, and next thing you know they're kicking the go-ahead field goal, and we have time still. And this was kind of like the opposite of Boise. Like when Boise took the lead, I was confident that we could drive down and make the field goal for whatever reason I mean I just felt so deflated I knew the team must have been deflated at that point and you know we had that miracle fourth down play by Timmy which was insane but you know then we we had a quick little run to pick up the first down there and we took one shot at the end zone which I think there was 11 seconds left I really wanted to see us try and do like a 10 yard out to get get it a little closer for Boomer but uh you know, he set up, we set up the 59 yard field goal and, you know, it was left and and way short, but I almost didn't want him to make, like, it did not, at that point, it didn't feel like we deserved to win the game. So I wasn't even upset when he missed the field goal at that point because it it had just been so bad. I mean, obviously it would have been better to win than lose, but um, even if we had won, we were still losers in my opinion, but how were you feeling? I mean, it was really like the tail of two games, the first three quarters and then the fourth quarter. Yeah, I was feeling great for
0: uh, most of the game, like, you know, pretty much everybody else. Uh, I'll tell you when it turned for me the second to last touchdown, the Monterey Baldwin five yard pass, um, and then the second two point conversion. When they went for it to make it a nine point game instead of making you know instead of just making it a an even 10 i knew right then that something was up (laughs) like that just didn't make any sense to anyone until i figured out you know until the game was over it it made total sense and and the sense was that we weren't going to stop it both two-point conversions the guy was like wide open by 10 yards like we just
1: It, it, I don't know. It, it's like they were going for the win ahead of time because then they only needed a field goal to take yeah. the lead instead of tie the game and they clearly knew like you said that we couldn't stop them and and we couldn't. And
0: none of which to this magnitude, but how many times have we been on the other side of some miraculous comeback like this like Well, not I, I have a feeling it's it's been you know, a decent number of times where we shouldn't have won the game. We weren't the better team. And then we ended up, you know, yeah. get, skating out of there with well, the wins. So. I mean,
1: it's not often you give up 28 point leads, but we actually did that exact thing six games ago. versus one and 11 USF USF. It was a little different. We're up 28, nothing in the first half. Um, they battled back in the third and then we kind of went back and forth. This was just a complete meltdown in the fourth quarter. I mean, we were up so much where I think everyone, you know, I mean, the fans left, obviously. Clearly the, the coaches um, kind of took their foot off the gas. The players probably got comfortable, which is a normal thing to do. But, you know, as the team starts clawing back, coaches, you know, the captains, everyone's got to step up and be like, hey, guys, like this game's not over. Someone go out there and make a freaking play because we were really one play away from this being an easy win someone just had to make a play on defense or offense sometime in the fourth quarter and we couldn't just we just couldn't do it and you know then there was the the rj harvey fumble which i don't why are we running wildcat really at all but with that kind of lead in the fourth quarter like why are we doing anything cute but that's just who gus is apparently um but There's not one specific play or player or coach. It's not the fans. It's everyone. Everyone is partially responsible for this, in my opinion. And I don't think there's any need to to finger point. We just got to learn from it and move on. It's over. It's in the past. And, you know, this season overall, while we have started off 0-2 and it's going to be really hard to try and win the conference, you know, we win this game in Kansas. We've got a bye week. We have the chance to do something really funny in Oklahoma, and upset them. And you know, if we can win a couple games in the conference, then you know the season's not so bad. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna look back on this game. It's gonna be brought up until the end of time. But uh, you know, there, there's nothing we can do. We just gotta we just gotta move forward. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how this team responds.
0: I guess the biggest question coming out of this game is who is this team? Are we the team that, you know, Kansas that took Kansas state or took the lead at Kansas state uh, in the second half and, you know, had a, had a decent game against Boise and then had a commanding lead against Baylor. We would be, you know, five and oh, or are we a team that gave up a 28 point 28 point lead? we really ended up getting smoked at the end by Kansas state and, or we barely came back from behind on a last second field goal against Boise.
1: (laughs) Two different, we could easily be two and
0: three with, you know, we could easily be two and three. We could easily be five and Oh, it's like, are we really
1: that good or are we really that bad? I think talent wise, we've got all the talent in the world. Um, I think it comes down to coaching discipline. Um, you know, well-coached teams do not just crumble like this period. It, it just doesn't happen. And the fact that it's happened twice in the last six games is a bit alarming. Clearly we were way better than Baylor. And then we just kind of stopped playing. Um, what's funny is that if we hadn't got gotten up to such a big lead, I think we win that game easily, but I think we were, like, so far ahead that everyone just kind of checked out. I mean, I, I stopped paying attention at home. I don't blame anyone for leaving the game. You know, it's hot as shit in September. You know, people are talking about the students, whatever. I mean, yeah, like that, that's not a good look, especially with recruits in-house, but it, it's human nature. It's, it's, you know, summer in Florida. It comes down to... Really, really just a a lack of discipline on the team. You know, a George O'Leary team doesn't give up that lead. That's for sure. Um, You know, they play their ass off till the clock hits zero. And uh, clearly this team wasn't. And Baylor just just wanted it better in the end. And, uh, you know, there's nothing we can do. Hopefully this is a wake-up call. I hope this is a really tough week of practice. You know, we've got a good opportunity headed into Kansas. Their quarterback is really good. Jalen Daniels is dealing with like some back spasm thing. He didn't play against Texas, and Kansas kept it close against Texas. But this team clearly is talented, and I think they can hang with anyone in the conference, but at the same time, we can also lose to anyone in the conference.
0: And that basically sums up UCF football, I think, for the last <laughs> 10 years, right? Yeah. It's been like that. Okay, well, the last eight. 2015 definitely could not beat anybody but anyway <laughs> so yeah I just wanted to go a couple things like some players that really stood out to me Tremont Morris Brash this really overshadowed an amazing game by him uh three tackles for loss two and a half sacks still leads the country in tackles for loss which I, I'm sure any like pro football focused guy would tell you that that's like a huge stat for
1: big time yeah uh
0: Def- defensive tackles uh so anyway <clears throat> he had an um, he had an amazing game no no taken away from that and you know hats off to timmy i a lot of people are you know m- have mixed feelings about him but as far as a backup quarterback goes which he is our backup quarterback like i think he did a pretty damn good job he does still need to work on some things but you know, he had an, a couple of amazing throws. That fourth down play was probably one of the craziest football plays I've ever seen in my life. That was um, nuts. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it it, it sucks overall. But I, I I think that I don't know. I'm just like numb to it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I was like, it happened. I I can't believe that it happened. I wasn't even mad. Sure, I, I, it was so weird. I was like, I thought I would be like super pissed off. I don't know if, if it was because I wasn't there, because I wasn't drunk. I don't know why. I was just like, I think you know, I, I felt like we were. De- I don't know. Like I think you said this earlier. Like we've been due for something like this with all the crazy games we've won.
0: I think it was the emotion throughout the whole game. At least for me, is like, oh, you know, we got this in the bag. We got this in the bag. Like even started eating dinner and then. That's when they started coming back. I was like, uh. <laughs> and then we lost it. I felt the same way, man. I was just like, I was mad, but I really wasn't that pissed.
1: I was like disappointed, but not mad. Like, Right. Yeah.
0: I don't know. It's very strange. Very strange. But, I mean, th- this is kind of who we are, right? Or who we thought we would be at the beginning of the season it was like six and six i said that said it on this podcast like six and six i'll be okay with it and then i guess i got caught up in like us beating kent state and villanova that like maybe we weren't as good as we thought we were so i i still think you know looking at the projected betting lines and everything for the rest of the year i think six and six seven and five you know coin flip right around there is pretty much where we're going to be at
1: We'll probably beat Oklahoma and then lose, like, Texas Tech or something. (laughs) Or,
0: you know, someone that's bad. But things like
1: this happen all the time in
0: in Power 5 conferences, you
1: know? Eh, 28-point lead is really bad, especially when it's at bat. Oh, no. (laughs) I didn't mean that. Oh, yeah. We're just losing? I bet teams beat, like, Tennessee,
0: for instance. Like, they lost to Florida. Florida's terrible. Like, I I bet you Tennessee's going to go out and, like, beat Georgia or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you know,
0: it it's just things are all relative in in P5. It's not like there's no te- I keep going back to Temple. Like <laughs> there is no Temple in P5.
1: So. No. Temple would have given up and this would have been another 70 to 14 blowout like we had against them last year, but no, these are these are much more talented teams and uh they're not going to give up. Um Now I'm I'm pissed. i don't know it's just uh, i don't know man in twitter's twitter's been insane i mean there's a whole faction of people calling for gus to be fired i understand why you know there's been some really really questionable coaching decisions and you can't blow 28 point leads but you know overall I, i i i'm still riding with gus and uh yeah i think he's done a really good a really great job um Maybe he can't get out of his own way, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I have a really, really good feeling about these next two games, and I, maybe that's stupid. Maybe I'm just a homer. I don't know, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just see what happens. It, it's in the past. You know, we can point fingers and, and argue and blame whoever, but it's in the past, and we all just have to do better. You know, fans stay in the sands, players don't give up, and coaches, like, get your shit together. But uh, probably not a fun week of practice, like I said before.
0: No, we'll bounce back. You know, th- that that's what knights do. You know, usually not down in the dumps for long. And um,
1: Besides 2015. You know, <laughs> going
0: going back on the road is not ideal. Uh, it would be nice if we could have stayed at home. One other thing I don't understand about the whole game plan is, like, why – did we not try and get the ball to Kobe Hudson more? Forget the one catch. I think like he, he wasn't even targeted. Like yeah, I, I, I didn't couldn't even remember him, two, really. three targets. Yeah. And you know, Javon had a good game. Harvey had a great game.
1: Richardson. everybody
0: played well. Richardson,
1: he, second game in just, a row. All right. So he obviously broke off that huge touchdown first play of the game. It was at that point, I'm like, oh, dude, we're going to route him. And then going up 35-7 just confirmed it. <laughs> I mean, God, what, it's just so crazy how quick everything flipped. But yeah, second game in a row, he's only had six carries. I don't get that. I, I feel like he should have more. And that actually might have affected the outcome of this game. Who knows? But uh, I don't know. Just just frustrating. I thought, I, I
0: thought everyone played well to, except the fourth quarter. It's just like we flipped a switch and just stopped.
1: Someone step up. Make defense a play. played
0: great the whole game. And so all of a sudden we were just like, Oh, we only played for three quarters games over.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, was. it didn't help that, you know, we barely possessed the ball in the fourth quarter, but defense has got to make a stop offense. I mean, you've been scoring at will all game. And then all of a sudden you just couldn't the fumble touchdown suck, but you can give them a touchdown when you've got four to spare. Uh, like I said, it, it one person had to make a play offense, defense, special teams. We couldn't do it. So we did not deserve to win that game. And that's why I think that's why I didn't even care that we missed the field goal at the end because we just, we just blew it no matter what. Yeah. It didn't matter if it went in or not. So on to Kansas, um, weird that we have to go back there after being there for two weeks in a row. I feel like they could have just made those back to back and let us stay up there, but whatever. Um, did you have anything else from this game or we can start talking about Kansas?
0: Uh, real quick, just a huge thing on Twitter was you know the play of, of Timmy McLean. I thought he played well. He, you Me know too. I, I think what the biggest area that he needs to improve on is and I think it's a it could be a quick fix is his running ability. We know he has the talent. He's very fast and when he tucks and runs, he, he can make people miss, but I feel like he
1: just not doing he it. He
0: tries too hard to you know, try and make a play
1: and he, he and, always and, he never ends up throwing it when he when he wastes all that time. It's like he wants to throw it, but he's afraid to make a bad throw and then he just ends up running around forever. It's like, dude, just tuck it and run, man. It, if it if it's a loss, if it's a short gain, if it's nothing, it's the safest thing you can do. Don't be afraid to tuck it and run, but I, you know, I can't be mad at him. Like you said, he's played really, really well for us. I mean, we could have easily just got destroyed in this game if he played bad, and uh, he played pretty oh, decent. He, he played better against K State, yeah. but I mean, still, I mean, I'll, I'll take it.
0: He could have threw four picks and a whole bunch of overthrows, and you know, so yeah, yeah uh, that's all I got for this game. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Kansas. Let's talk about
1: Kansas. Go ahead.
0: All right, so Kansas Jayhawks here. Uh, four one record. Only loss was to Texas. However, they did not have their uh starting quarterback Jalen Daniels, who react back injury during pregame walkthrough. Uh, latest from Twitter was he did not practice on Monday. The backup would be Jason Bean, uh, would be getting a start. He was nine of twenty one against Texas. Looked pretty bad, but uh, he is elusive, didn't get sacked at all, so this could be another mobile quarterback. I mean, Blake Shapen, the Baylor quarterback, wasn't like super mobile, so we didn't really have to worry about that. Um, but anyway, Kansas, yeah, they've been a school for a long, long time, founded in 1864. A couple of notable alumni include uh, some pretty funny actors, Paul Rudd and Rob Riggle. <laughs> Inter- interesting. Yeah, and, uh, I didn't
1: know Paul Rudd went there. I know he's a big Chiefs fan. I yeah. didn't know he went to
0: Kansas. So, uh, NBA MVP Joel Embiid also a Kansas. Oh, yeah. Not that sure worked. if he actually graduated, but probably not. He um, was there for like one year. Yeah, whatever. And uh, Mister One Hundred, Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain. Hey yo. Also a Kansas alumni. So pretty interesting. Lawrence, Kansas, like twenty-eight thousand kids at the school and uh yeah that's it it's kansas not too much to uh
1: talk about (laughs) it's just for those a bunch of nothing for those making the trip it's just i think like 30 minutes west of kansas city so it's actually a lot easier to get to than manhattan i mean you can even stay in kc and just drive over for the game it's not that far but uh i know a couple people are making that trip not a ton probably similar to kansas state but You know, definitely definitely a winnable game. And, you know, the box score, if you look at the Texas game last week for Kansas, the final score is 40-14. to But, I mean, it was only – it was 13-7 at half. And then I think at one point it was – they both scored touchdowns. It was like 20-14. to And then Kansas scored twice in the fourth quarter to kind of pull away. But Kansas showed they could hang with Texas. So, you know, this year I think there's more – at least so far, it really seems like there's more parity in college football than I've ever remembered, you know. I mean, Georgia's like the consensus number one team, but they haven't really beat anyone, and they haven't looked that dominant, but no one else really has. You know, a lot of people have FSU high. They beat LSU, who hasn't really beat anyone, and you can kind of say that about all the top teams. So, you know, it'll be interesting as we we get further into – into conference play, but uh, it just makes it sting so much that we lost that game because, you know, I think we really could have been competitive in the Big 12. And knowing our luck, it'll, we'll probably be like one game or like a tiebreaker away from having, you know, been close to second and making the conference championship because that's just how it is for, for us as UCF fans, you know, the what-ifs. But nothing we can do, man. And uh, then we got a much-needed bye week. After that, and then back to the Midwest for, or South, I don't know what, wherever Oklahoma is. Somewhere in that weird middle area of all the square states um, for the Dylan Gabriel revenge game. So, Which they
0: went right back to looking dominant again. So it's week in and week out. Also for the projected betting lines, dude, we're up to like probably 24 and a half point underdogs. Which I'll take I'll take it. Give me that juicy money one, baby. <laughs> so it will definitely be interesting.
1: Yeah. Um speaking of spreads, picks. Let's do it. All right. Now it's time for our favorite segment, Money Moves Picks of the Week.
0: Just take a guess at what my record was last week. One and one. One and one. Moody. Much better than 0 and (laughs) 2. It's a mediocre move, Uh, but not as good as 2 and (laughs)
1: 0.
0: Not as good as 2 and 0. So anyway, big winner with Texas Tech over Houston. Texas Tech on the comeback. I told y'all they were 1 and 3 and everybody wanted to doubt them. Uh, Then we lost with South Carolina against Tennessee. Thought Spencer Rattler could do it guess he can't. Um, Joe Milton still sucks. Anyways, move to, I move to five and five on the year. I have no pick for UCF this week. Currently, the line is UCF plus two on my projected betting line. I have UCF at plus one. So there is one point of value on UCF spread here, but not enough for me to pull the trigger.
1: So, what are we pulling the trigger on this week?
0: The first pick we're gonna take: Kentucky plus fourteen and a half at Georgia. Look, last week the Kentucky coming out party against Florida. Kentucky five and zero. They can run the ball. Georgia looking less than unbeatable lately, and Kentucky can smell the blood. They're ready to take the next step. You know, sniffing some money line here dude i'm I'm kind of liking Kentucky Georgia really has not been looking that great
1: no they barely beat Auburn
0: yeah of course they're probably gonna blow them out That's but how it uh, goes. Four, <laughs> 14 and a half is a solid number um with the hook that I think you know we can at least cover and and make it close so Kentucky plus 14 and a half
1: I like that bet what else we got? Second bet, uh,
0: I'm feeling a little less confident about this after a fellow gambler decided to think about putting the house on this. Um, (laughs) It was a perennial loser. Colorado? So anyway, yeah, uh, it looked good. It looked juicy to me. Colorado minus four. It's against Arizona State. It's not so much that I like Colorado or think this is a good value on Colorado. This is simply because Arizona state is so bad. I mean, they are horrendous. Only win was against Southern Utah by three. Have no idea what, what never heard of that mascot Southern Utah is, um, Colorado hung tough with USC. Everyone has watched every one of their games. I feel like either way, it, it'll be fun to watch. Um, because Colorado does have a, a fun team to watch. So it's a later game, but Colorado, minus four. Me saying that I'm not confident about it, it'll probably be a blowout. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Take your pick. Probably going one and one again. So one of these will be a slam dunk, and one will probably
1: lose. Now, you're right. And Southern Utah is not that good either. Uh, the Thunderbirds, pretty cool mascot. Hmm. Um now I'm with you uh I I I like Colorado, you know. They were down pretty big early to USC. That was one of my picks last week. One of my two losing picks. They were down early, battled back, then USC pulled away, and they kind of scored two in the fourth to make the score closer than it. The game was 48-41, but I mean, I I think that score represents the Colorado team really well. They can score on anyone and uh they just can't play defense against good teams like USC and Oregon, uh, Arizona State. Not a good team, so this sounds like a slam dunk. But you know that's why they play the games, right? <laughs>
0: exactly. So, what well, on the road to one and one?
1: <laughs> which ones? <laughs> I, I like these both a lot. Georgia overrated, and Colorado seems like a slam dunk. So uh, let's recap the picks, even though I just said them. <laughs>
0: Kentucky plus 14 and a half at Georgia, and Colorado minus four at Arizona State.
1: Let's get that, get that money. money. Oh, that was a bad, bad one. Five out of 10. We could do it again. Nah, it's fine. It's funny. Okay. All right. <laughs> Last up, we've got Moo's mailbag where we answer everyone's questions. Thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Like always.
0: Wait, do you you didn't have picks?
1: Oh shoot! All right, my picks. Um, so last week I had Colorado minus twenty-one and a half, eh. and I had Duke plus five and a half. Eh. Although that one was very close to winning. Uh, they kind of blew that game.
0: Wait, 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 Colorado plus
1: twenty? Or Colorado plus twenty-one and a half? I said minus. Oh. Or wait, no. Well, they covered. No, no, I did. not <laughs> I had USC minus 21 and a half. Oh. So, it was minus 21. <laughs> I just, I put the wrong team. Um, gotcha. So, yeah. you went 0 and 2. I went 0 and 2. Puts me at 1 and 2 on the season. I did have a tweeted out pick, though. So, be sure to turn on my notifications. Because this one was the freest of frees ever. UCF first quarter. Total points for both teams over 11 and a half. I got a really good line. I know other people got like 13. But... There's 28 points scored in the first quarter, and I think I'm just gonna ride with this bet till the end of time because we can't blow a fourth quarter lead in the first quarter. So I think it's safe. <laughs>
0: um, Dude, what year was that? We cashed. I want to say it was like nine, eight out of nine. nine.
1: It was 2019. 2019. I think. It started with the Stanford game, and we just we just kept rolling with it. Um So I'm gonna do that this week i don't know what the total is and i kind of looked over the card there was nothing really that stands out to me i i like your two picks so i'm gonna ride with those but um yeah so what
0: what is the total for first quarter for this week let's look for ucf
1: i guess we should probably look you're right this is
0: so great you can't blow a 28 point lead in the first quarter
1: you can't. Yeah, I mean, well, technically, well, I mean, well, well I we, guess we you could. did in the. You can't blow a fourth <laughs> quarter lead in the first quarter. Right. That's. <laughs> <laughs> put that as the title of the show. <laughs> yeah. Um. all right, here we go. Lines, lines, lines. Like a good old frat party. Too many three o'clock games. Might be a
0: game day only. Pick there.
1: Oh no, never mind. It says it's at 4. All right. Go to the other bets.
0: Oh, I thought that was the total. First quarter total over
1: 13 and a half. Free. It's minus, That's free dude. Minus 130. Yeah, I'm I'm Ooh. just betting this till the end of time. Like we're we're definitely good to score at least one touchdown and if the other team doesn't score a touchdown, we'll probably score another one.
0: That's how you get to 14. <laughs>
1: like, <they're too laughs> I mean, if, one, if I have one and they have one, well, if they don't have one and then I have another, then What's what I'm two. saying? If they don't score, then we'll probably score because they probably didn't eat up that much clock. But we've been like unstoppable on our, really in the beginning of every game. It's just like we just, I don't know, maybe this should just switch it to the hockey and do like three periods and then we'd be like undefeated or close to it. I don't know. All right. <laughs> We're rambling. All right. I got to go. I got to go with this bet, though. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like this can't lose. It, it it can't lose until it does. There's just no way we get like shut out in the first quarter. So it's always going to have a chance. It just always is. Um, All right. So that'll be my official pick then. UCF first quarter over 13 and a half. Um, all right. Last up, Moose Mailbag, where we answer everyone's questions. Thank you guys, as always, for your submissions on Twitter. Look out for the tweet on every Tuesday before we record and get your questions in. All right, first question is from MDT. Should we bet 1K on Colorado this Saturday? I mean,
0: depends on the bag size.
1: Yeah, what's your your typical unit?
0: That's it. I don't change up units, so...
1: Yeah, when you change up units like I did with the whole 4K on UCF at Kansas State, that's how you lose big, you know? Right. Stick with your. You can have, like, one unit play, two unit play, five unit plays, whether that's $10 a unit or $100 a unit. So, you know, if it's a really strong play, you do five units. If you're not that sure, you do one. But you always keep it in that kind of scale, and it, it limits the losses. And if you know what you're doing... You know your confident picks are more likely to win, and that's how you kind of accumulate funds. Uh, But that's why I'm not a professional gambler.
0: It's gambling 101.
1: Yeah. All right. All right. Next
0: up, we got Golden Knight Two. Was this the worst home loss or most embarrassing loss in program history? I feel we are on pace to blow more double-digit leads under Gus than Hypel.
1: Good question. Lots to unpack there. Um. Worst home loss. I mean, Furman was bad. Really, really bad. But that whole but season. But we knew we were bad. But you still can't lose to an FCS team. Although every program has had one of these FCS games, whether it's Florida with Georgia Southern or USF with, uh, I don't know, two years ago. McNeese State. McNeese they State. lost to McNeese State. Everyone's had Florida one. Florida State these.
0: lost to Jacksonville State. Yep.
1: It just it happened
0: Miami lost to uh, I don't know. It was they had to have lost. It's tough because
1: <laughs> you know, recency bias everything it you know makes this game the worse, but we'll have to revisit in a few years when we're not all still upset about it. Uh the Navy game last year was at home too, wasn't it?
0: I think so. That, that was pretty bad.
1: That's bad because I mean Navy was like a two win team. It cost us a chance to host the conference championship game. That sneakily might be the worst one. I mean, Baylor, yeah, the lead sucks, but if you if you don't look at like if, if you just look at the final score, it's like, oh, we lost by one point to a big twelve team. It's not that bad. It's just the way it happened made it bad. But
0: what about in twenty twenty when we were ranked eleven? as a 20-point favorite at home to Tulsa, and we lost.
1: Also bad.
0: I I would say— We gave up—I think we gave up a 14 or 17-point lead. Yeah. As a 20-point favorite. Yeah. A top 10 team in the country.
1: Yep. I would put that game, the Navy game, and Furman above this one. I I don't know. It it just depends on what your definition of, uh, you know, worst loss is, I guess. Like how it went down or to the team, but I feel we're on place to in place, on pace to blow more double digit leads under Gus and Heupel. Um Heiple had a lot. I went back through the games like Gus's three years and haven't really had any bad blown lead losses. I mean the USF won, but it wasn't a loss. But Most of the losses were either just close games or, like, you know, SMU on the road blowout, Cincinnati on the road blowout two years ago or three years ago, whatever. So, I don't know. None of this matters, but it's fun to talk about. All right. Next question from Steve George. It appears in a handful of these terrible L's, Gus is a bit wishy-washy with manning up and taking blame. Do you guys feel that way as well, or is it just me?
0: Uh, I didn't listen to the whole – post-game conference but i could see that a little bit i mean after a loss like that like you're just kind of stunned like you're what is that
1: dude Highlight explosion,
0: <laughs> explosion. <laughs> things been sitting
1: on my desk since we started 30 40 oh. minutes ago it just exploded <laughs> hold on it's
0: everywhere and this sometimes of- when there's a lot of when there's like a big temperature change so like if if
1: Oh, yep, that's exactly what it was, dude. It was, sit- it was sitting outside for, like, two weeks, and I threw it in the fridge yesterday.
0: Yeah, and then sitting on your desk, so, like, it went <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. That's why, like, when you, when somebody's uh pouring beer out of a tap and it's, like, super foamy, it's usually, like, either too too warm or too cold.
1: Interesting. Paul the yeah. beer man. Um,
0: I don't know much about kegs, but <laughs> I can at least got that part.
1: All right, sorry to throw derail you there. Uh, we're good though.
0: But yeah, I, I kind of feel like he he is a little bit, but I think he's just stunned. You know, it, what, what did you have to say like ten minutes after that? I had nothing.
1: <laughs> you uh, know, after the game actually
0: happened, I just wanted to go to sleep. Basically, yeah, I
1: don't, I don't know, but. You know, as the leader of the program, I think, and I didn't listen to what he had to say, but I think after a bad, I mean, I don't even want to say loss, meltdown like that, I think as a leader, you just have to go up there and say, this is on me 100%. Even if it's not totally, because that's what you do as a leader. You fall on the sword. And at the end of the day, it really is on him. I mean, he is in control of the program. Yes, there's things everyone could have done to prevent this, but at the end of the day, it's all under his supervision. And um I don't care though at the same time. I get the question, but like press conferences are bullshit anyway. I mean, like they're just up there giving, you know, PR type answers to make you feel good. I mean, do we ever learn anything good from a press conference? No, it's just it's weird media bits and stuff. So I don't really care, but I hope in the locker room he 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 took uh full responsibility. And again, I'm not saying it's all his fault, but at the same time it kind of is, you know. You're in charge.
0: All right, this next question's from Casey Stewart. Is it time to retire the wild night this season? When does bad luck become bad scheme?
1: I don't see any reason to use it. I don't have the data or anything, but I don't know, that fumble, again, recency bias, but I don't think the wild night does anything that we can't just run out of our regular formation.
0: Yep, agree one hundred percent. So like, it's like okay, they know we're running and we get one yard. How many times does teams run in like single back and they
1: know we're running and yeah, they just and hand then, it off to like, the running back and get one yard? And then look though, like a couple times there was a time at Boise where I think it was a pass play and it would have been a touchdown, but whoever had the ball like uh, juggled it and I don't remember what happened, but. And then the RJ Harvey, like you get players out of their position in something they have practiced a little bit, but not nearly as much as just regular plays out of regular formations. You get guys doing stuff with the ball they're not normally used to, and the chance of mistakes goes up. I mean, that's like indisputable. The less you do something, the more likely you are to mess it up, and it's just it goes back to the thing we've been saying for three years, the Gus Too Cute thing, and... I don't know if he can change that. I don't know. But, you know. Uh, so, yeah, to answer your question, I, I would be down to get rid of it. But I know that ain't happening because that ain't who Gus is. So, and you know, I, I kind of like that about him too, even though it hurts us at times. You know, he's true to his guns, so whatever. All right. Next one from Peanut King. Is Gus repeating the same mistakes that got him fired at Auburn? Yeah, I mean,
0: I think so. But is it? Are we really surprised? I mean, he is who he is. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. He's an incredible recruiter, um, and he's a good coach. Is he an amazing coach? No, because if he was an incredible recruiter and an amazing coach, we'd be undefeated. He'd probably have a few. He'd probably have a few more national championships, you know, and still be at Auburn. But he is who he is, you know, and that's fine. That's fine. We we needed somebody to recruit Florida, you know, better than Hypel did, better than Frost did, and we needed a good coach, and that's who we can afford, ba- basically.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned that. They published the list of, like, the top paid coaches, and number, t- number 25 was someone at $6 million a year. Gus makes $2.1 million, and I think that's lowest in the Big 12. I mean – even if we wanted to fire him, I don't think we could afford to, it, you know, it just comes down to money. So unless he's like really, really bad, we got to ride him out. And I don't think he's really, really bad. I, you know, he's not perfect. He's not the best coach in the world, but he's definitely up there. And, um, I, you know,
0: I mean, it could dude. look at Florida, man. Like they've been paying, they have the money and they've been paying coach after coach, after coach and nothing.
1: There's a huge risk when you hire a new coach and, Look, love him or hate him, Gus is the first coach we've had stick around for more than two years since George O'Leary. And continuity is important. You know, you lose, you take two steps back when you fire a coach hoping to take three steps forward. And like you mentioned with Florida, a lot of the time you take two steps forward or as it's starting to look like in this case with Napier, maybe one step forward. So you're still behind from where you were with not McElwain, the other guy. I've had too many coaches to remember. Uh, Mullen. So, yeah, there, there's Dude, a McElwain, risk.
0: McElwain, Mullen. Who's the South Carolina? Uh, Spurrier? No. <laughs> no. Mm. It's on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, it's there was a, a lot guy of coaches. in between there. Yeah, a lot. So, anyway, yeah, could be
1: worse. It's not easy, man. There's only like 10 really, really good coaches in college football that are like consistently good that win anywhere they go. I mean, and, you know, (laughs) we could easily, imagine if we hired, like, Jeff Scott, you know, hot shot offensive coordinator, won multiple national championships, played in even more national championships, comes into USF, and people still kind of like him there. They're like, great guy, just bad coach. That could happen to us. That could easily happen to us under the wrong leadership. It could all go crumbling away. So, you know, is the grass always greener? You like to think it is, but you got to be a realist at the same time and you know, the money thing limits us and uh yeah, we're, we're, fine. We're, we're fine all, we're fine
0: right. This all happened for a reason. I mean, look, look at other P5 programs like James Franklin at Penn State. Like every time they lose, I'm sure half of Twitter is like, "Oh, oh fire yeah. Franklin. this like who are you going to get?" Who? Like, there's nobody out there that's just, oh, if we get this guy, it's immediately just going to change the culture and do this and do that. And
1: the only school. Okay, maybe Dion. Dion, but he ain't leaving for another year. The only schools that can really do that are like the real blue bloods, like LSU taking Brian Kelly from Notre Dame because they paid him like, you know, 80, 90 million. Or USC taking Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma, who's also kind of a blue blood, but. USC being in LA, the recruiting grounds, you know, it's just a better situation. Kind of same with LSU over Notre Dame. You don't gotta deal with all the academic BS to to get players in there. But it's very rare you can poach a, a really good coach from a good program, or else you have to get one of these up and comers and like Napier was an up and comer and he hasn't panned out, although I mean it's only his what's his second season, so it's tough. But, you know, I, I, I like where we're at. Um, just a really unfortunate game. All right, next one. All right, Dali drama. Shout out to Dally. He's been making some or writing some really, really interesting columns. Uh, giving previews to the games and stuff. Um, and funny guy on Twitter. So, anyway, um, he asked, "Just imagine having live bet Baylor money line at the start of the fourth. Where does this loss rank for you in all time painful L's?"
0: I mean, yeah, we got to figure out, like, there has to be some number out there, like Baylor, what Baylor money line was live at the beginning of the fourth.
1: Dude, the the win percentage thing, which that whole thing is stupid because there was some NFL game where they were kneeling the ball and only had, like, an 80% chance of winning according to the app. So it's not the best, but we're at 99.9% like the entire second half. And it would go down to, like, 99.1 99.1 when Baylor scored. And then we get the ball back and it would be 99.9. But... I mean, it was Baylor's f- chance going up. <laughs> it, was, it was such a blowout. There probably wasn't a line until it was like two touchdowns. And even then it was That's probably true. like f- plus yeah. 1,500 or so. <clears throat> I don't know.
0: So where does this loss rank for me in all-time painful L's? Now, painful, key word there. I, I would have to say... Number one, dude. I mean, think about it. When have we lost a game like at the end? Like we've uh, never lost on like a hail mary. Well, the Louisville game us. was
1: at Louisville was freaking. Yeah, yeah. Actually, dude, watching him you run know, that, that pick six back.
0: I would say that was one A, one B, and then DG breaking his collarbone. <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty bad.
1: But it's different that when you're there. In, I mean, if I was there in person, I would say for sure this is like. Number one. Like first round, first draft pick, easy. Oh yeah. No brainer. Like like Shaq coming out. Think about it. We've
0: never lost we've never lost on like a walk-off in recent memory. We've never lost on like a walk off overtime or like a walk-off field goal.
1: I mean, we've been on the right side of luck too many times. And that's what I was trying to
0: say at the beginning of the show, dude. I'm serious.
1: Like if you really look back
0: at, at, at a lot of these games we're almost always on the the right side of things in, in these super close games. Now, if we gotten blown out a lot, sure, but in these super close games, we usually come
1: out on top. Yeah, so, which scares me. Not that
0: this was a super close game for most of it, but.
1: It was ah. at some point. Yeah, no, we're, we're due for some of these, and, you know, just like brace yourselves. Uh, Memphis 2020 has got to be up there, you know getting arrested up two scores and finding out from the cop taking you to jail (laughs) that you blew the lead. That was probably the most painful. uh, But that's more of like a situational pain than, you know, the actual team. I don't know, man. But, you know, these depressing Tuesdays talking about all this, it stinks. It's why we're fans, though. And it's what makes it fun when we win, you know. The lows suck and it, it just makes the good times even better. Hopefully, yeah. we have some of those this season. If not, you know, it's not the end of the world. Life goes on. And uh, I well, actually I got, a
0: ni- I got annihilated at work <laughs> on Monday. And, and <laughs> I don't even really talk that much crap about my team because, you know, I know we're good, but we're not. You Great. know, there's a lot of like Walmart Gator fans uh, at my work. There, there's an LSU grad, Ole Miss grad, an Auburn grad, so there's a lot of a lot of SEC um, bias in my department. Um, but, yeah, I mean, people were coming up to me left and right. Like, uh, I don't know, my dog had just passed or something. Like, they just couldn't believe how bad – Couple of people were like, "Dude, I was going to call you on Sunday just to make sure you were okay. <laughs> like I was going to jump off a cliff or something. Like, yeah, because everybody knows, you know how much this team means to me and everything. So, yeah,
1: it's a good, as, it's a good again, thing. As
0: far as painful, this was this was it for me.
1: We're four scores with three minutes left in the third quarter. Anyway, we could talk about this forever. Um, is that all for questions?" uh
0: one last one from todd thrasher does the fourth quarter really matter because the first quarter is where you make your money
1: hey oh dude exactly first quarter total points over let's go
0: todd on the first quarter bandwagon
1: yeah (laughs) all right so actually that brings up something funny i want to go back to i tweeted a halftime update and this just shows you like how quick the tides turned in this game i'm gonna pull this up real quick um Wow, I tweeted a lot after the game. Did Gus fall asleep? <laughs> Timmy, throw it away. Yeah, the usual. All right. Um, halftime thoughts. I hate NASCAR. Because if you remember, it just seems like it was like worlds ago. But when the game started, there was that stupid truck series racing that lasted like 20 minutes. And they kept getting into accidents. And that that was the, the biggest thing we we're all pissed off about at the first half was the stupid NASCAR thing um another halftime thought baylor can't stop the run harvey richardson or elite d playing legit fs1 analyst needs a xanax they're they just like yell and talk so much i can't keep up with it and i kept having to turn the volume down but maybe that's just me getting old
0: and he, the game's on fs1
1: again right no fox it's on fox in 4k baby Nice. So we can get an even clearer picture of us losing. No, just kidding. Hmm,
0: Fox four o'clock, so it won't be Gus. Jo- it won't be Gus Johnson and and uh, Joel Klatt. I hate
1: wonder it. where their four o'clock sucks. people are.
0: Yeah, but Gus, jo- you have no. to take the good with the bad, though. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's true. Uh, my last halftime thought at the Baylor game was uniforms still don't match the helmet color on TV. What a simpler time. When those are my biggest concerns. <laughs> uh, what are you going to yeah. do? Yeah. What are we going to do? Um, all right. So let's wrap this up. Something I left out of last week's show, little cleanup from Kansas state. So stayed in an Airbnb with, uh, Carson Engel, very polarizing UCF fan, but I like him a lot. Uh, he's, he's an awesome, awesome guy. Nice guy. And, uh, so, you know, 2-hour drive from the Kansas City airport to Manhattan. He surprised everyone with a little wine tasting thing he arranged. That was awesome, but uh leaving the Uber or sorry, leaving the Airbnb on Sunday, we all get into the Uber and <laughs> dude, he's like <laughs> The backup camera comes on, we're pulling out of this driveway. It's like, I don't use these stupid things. <laughs> like two seconds later, backs right into a tree <laughs> that was right <laughs> right in the middle behind us <laughs> that you could only see from the backup camera. Which I don't know why there was a like it was a two car driveway with a tree in the middle, like on the street, which made no sense, but <laughs> it was just really funny. Um anyway, that that was an awesome trip. Definitely, definitely a good time. Those going to Kansas, back to Kansas this week. You guys are true fans. That's awesome. Uh, I want to get up there for a basketball game. I've heard it's crazy. And uh, was it something that would definitely something?
0: be something on the bucket list?
1: Yeah, it, it's it, for sports be- venues. It's it's definitely definitely up there. Um, oh, we didn't talk about JRP at all. I think he's like questionable to come back this week. So should he come back now
0: or use the bye week to be ready for Oklahoma? Ooh, good question. I'm good. thinking that's a better idea. Cuz I mean, what what's the season at this point? Like,
1: we beat Oklahoma, but the thing is if we lose this game to Kansas, man, the morale's going to be really really low. You know, three straight I don't know. losses. Th- that's not a with, good look without our starting without our starting quarterback. So you played and three okay. In, uh, we win that last game with JRP, no doubt. But so you're Timmy's three not and three the in the issue. first. Gus always
0: says you got to break up the season in two halves, right? So first you learn from the first half. We were three and three, and then we go out all Big Twelve. You know, with it, it's very even three home, three away.
1: Damn, the season's half over. Big game against Oklahoma. It always goes by so fast.
0: Well, I mean, it won't be half over until the 21st, but yeah. I I mean, I don't know. It it depends on how healthy he is.
1: Yeah, and that, that, I mean, that's, we can't, like, without knowing that, we can't answer this question if we want him back this week or next, but... Just, like him
0: at 75% just chilling in the pocket doesn't really do anything for us. No, exactly. Like, I mean, that's what he was 100%. At,
1: at Tulane last year. He's playing on one leg. And yeah. he's more, I, he's just so good at like knowing when to run the ball and not run the ball. And maybe he's not the best passer, but he's a damn good leader and a damn good ball player. I want him to play because I know if he if he plays, that means he's healthy enough to play, if that makes sense. Or if he plays, did we rush him back? I don't know. I just want to win. <laughs> so,
0: Yeah, we'll be fine.
1: Yeah, we'll be fine. All right, anything else? Go to first watch. Got the new fall menu out. Very good.
0: Pumpkin pancakes.
1: Can't. Yeah, it's the best thing ever. And even the regular stuff's good, too. Barbacoa bowl. Get the side of roasted veggies, and then I dump that in one of the bowls that they have, mix it all together for like a little extra filling and, uh, good stuff. Good stuff.
0: Um, very clutch.
1: Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening and go nights.
0: charge on. Some am